Welcome back to the Dog Juice Pod. This is episode number 137, Sunday, September 3rd, 2023, and today marks five years of the Doggy Juice Podcast. Five years? Five years? Before I begin, I just want to say a sincere thank you to everyone who has been a part of the ride for the last five years. All my guests, all of my longtime listeners, and all of my new listeners, thank you so much for your support from the bottom of my heart. Since day one, we've had two goals here on the Doggy Juice Pod. One, to update listeners on the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization here in the U.S., and two, to help bettors learn how to find value on the betting boards and, and really think of this as a, a numbers game more than anything else. And It's crazy to think that we've already come this far, two different show sponsors, listeners across the globe, but I've loved every single minute of it. Uh, this thing started out just as a small passion project of mine when PASPA was overturned five years ago, and it's led to some very exciting things So, uh, and stuff I, I didn't, didn't even expect or contemplate when I, really, when I first started it. So thank you again to everyone for all of your support. Let's do five more years now. How about it? Just to give you an idea of what I'm looking to do on this podcast moving forward, the show currently technically doesn't have a sponsor, so the short explanation is I could do whatever the hell I want. But I do plan to get back on a weekly cadence now that the football season has begun. I want to keep um, the episode shorter, uh, more bite-sized, but I also want to do some more evergreen stuff, teach a man to fish type of stuff. I also plan to bring on more guests this fall. I've been fortunate enough uh, over the past few years to meet and become friends with a lot of the prominent people who move this industry. And, and really, it's it's just such a unique industry. The unique people and personalities in the sports betting industry are second to none. So I'd love to introduce you all to some more of the people I've met moving forward. And of course, we'll keep you up on the news in the industry, the latest developments. We've got obviously a lot of states now that have legalized sports betting, but we will continue to cover the developments. And really, a lot of it's going to be more on the regulatory side and, and some of the changes to just the environment that we're seeing in all these states that are now offering sports betting. It's crazy to think of how far we've come in, in just five years, but safe to say there will be uh, a lot more developments in the sports betting industry, and the Doggy Juice Pod is going to be your one-stop shop for everything sports betting legalization, regulation, and plus EV betting strategies. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. All right. The 2023 NFL season starts this week, so in this episode, I'm going to give the people what they want. I'm going to dive into three teams that I am lower on relative to the betting market and three teams that I'm higher on relative to the betting market heading into the season. And after that, I'll dive into some random notes on this week's college football and and in the NFL. I'll talk about some bets that I think are worth making, or at least eyeballing as the market continues to mature heading into these NFL Week 1 games. Um, our first NFL teaser of the week, and I'll close out by giving you my official Super Bowl prediction for this year. Let's get going. Remember, to win in sports betting, your handicap has to be correct, and the market, this is the key part, the betting market has to not already be pricing in that handicap. And that second part is really what trips up a lot of bettors. You come up with a narrative or a handicapping piece, like, for example, this quarterback performs really well against this type of defense that he's going to face this week. But then you don't know whether or not the market is already aware of this and pricing it in. And a lot of that comes to you know, player personnel stuff too. But this also applies to what I'm about to dive into here, and that's teams that I'm that I'm bullish on and bearish on relative to the current betting market as I record this uh, on Labor Day weekend. So 
I'm not going to be including a team like the Baltimore Ravens on my buy low list because the market has moved on them this summer, right? Um, I do like what they're doing there, of course, and I, I love the Ravens, but they are 18 to 1 now, down from the 25 to 1s that were out there and, and everything corresponding to it in the market and the you know, season win totals and, and the futures markets to win the division and everything like that. So, you know, one can argue there's still a little bit of value on the Ravens right now, and I certainly lean that way. The Vultures have scraped up a ton or even possibly all of their preseason value. So I'm not going to include the Ravens and give you guys numbers that I got that are no longer available here. This is at this current point in time on Labor Day weekend. And I do pride myself on my ability to identify buy low and sell high spots. We've done that here on the podcast over the past five years, including some um, some really good ones. For, you know, the 49ers, the Bucks, the Ravens were great buy lows at, at different points over the past five years, and we've uh, got those on this podcast. And another caveat here before I dive in, odds favor that, uh, you know, that I'm right in more of these than not, or at least that's what I want to think here. But odds also favor that I look stupid on at least one of these, probably more. So here we go. Starting with three teams I'm low on relative to the betting market and and, uh, bearish on, the New York Jets. And I'm going to preface this one by saying I do have a decent position on the Jets to win the Super Bowl at 40 to one, um, back from end of January uh, at 25 to one when it was imminent that the Rodgers news was going to get uh, was going to come out. I have them to win the division, to win the conference, every which way at that time. But now they're 16 to one to win the Super Bowl and everything that goes along with that. And I don't see value at, at that price. And in fact, they are on my fade list entering. Uh, the season, the Jets. And obviously the defense is really strong and the personnel last year was good enough to make a playoff run if they had a competent quarterback. But um, there's a few reasons to be bearish heading to the season. Of course, they brought in Rodgers this offseason. We saw that corresponding market move, you know, moving those uh, those numbers that were, you know, if you could get 40 to 1 at Caesars at the end of January like I did. Or, uh, you know, obviously we saw the move down and I think they got as low as 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl at a lot of spots. Um But what I don't think is being talked about enough is Nathaniel Hackett as well. He's going to be calling plays for the Jets in 2023, and that's been a disaster for him in the past. He called plays in Jacksonville uh, with the Jaguars a few years back. He called plays last year with the Broncos, and you all know how that went. And, yeah, there is the familiarity and success with Aaron Rodgers under under Matt LaFleur in Green Bay with with, uh, Hackett and Rodgers. But LaFleur was the one calling the plays those years, not Hackett. And early in the season especially, this should cause some issues because Hackett offenses are are more complicated and take more time to learn. And when you couple that with the distractions of being on TV with HBO's Hard Knocks, I'm skeptical of this team hitting the ground running on the offensive side this year, the ball especially. The offensive line leaves a lot to be desired. I know a PFF ranked their O-line unit in the bottom third in the league. Um, and it's you know especially sketchy for them at the tackle position with their aging guys. Wide receivers outside of Wilson aren't necessarily young, and Wilson's going to get a lot more attention at number one, the number one wide receiver this year after his breakout rookie year. The market moved fast on them when they finally got their quarterback in Rodgers, but in my opinion, the market moved too much on the Jets. I'm going to be looking to fade the Jets early on this year, including week one against the Bills. The Detroit Lions. It's been a hot minute since we saw the Lions as the NFC North favorites heading into a season, but here we are. This is a team that I was high on relative to the market at this same time last year, but now they've become a public darling under talented offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. And based on my work, though, my take is that all of the best case scenarios for the Lions are 
are priced into the market right now. And uh, that defense, especially, it's going to be a sore spot for their team. They were the second worst defense in the league last year behind the Bears, and they they really did little to address it in the offseason. And they last year they allowed um, 5.22 yards per carry on the ground, which is third highest in the league. And I, I think some projections out there are overrating their defense, and even those projections has them in the bottom half of the NFL in terms of defensive rankings. So it's going to be tough sledding for the defense this year, I think. Offensively, yes, they are talented. They have a very good play caller and an offensive coordinator. But in my opinion, they're being priced in right now um, at their ceiling, the offense especially. And Diving more into last year's metrics uh, for the Lions, this offense is one that it really is ripe for regression when you look at it. And per Adam Chernoff, last year Jared Goff was pressured at the third lowest rate of any quarterback in the league, but he was still number 26 in catchable ball percentage and number 25 in on-target throws despite having such a great offensive line in front of him, and he's going to have that again this year too. Uh, but moreover, last year the Lions played over two-thirds of their offensive snaps playing from behind. So that really helped pad some of those stats that you know people are reacting to now, especially the passing stats, when defenses were sagging back a little bit more, protecting against the big play. So it's a fun team, the Lions, you know, with a great offense coordinator, one of the best offensive lines in the league, but the market has already priced in all of that, all of that upside. And it's uh, pricing in not only you know, those best-case scenarios playing out, but like I said, a lot of the upside as well. So I won't be playing any preseason futures on the Lions this year, that's for sure. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Similar to the Lions, this is a team that I was high on relative to the betting market at the same time last year, but now they're a public darling. And there's actually a lot of comparisons uh, between the Lions and Jaguars that you could draw parallels between them with the new coaching staffs and, and turning a corner last year. And similar to the Lions this year, a lot of the Jaguars' upside, best case scenario, appears to be priced into the betting market right now, especially, um, you know, on the offensive side and, and honestly the defensive side too, and even despite the opportunity in their division this year. The biggest reason why I was bullish on the Jags last year was due to the coaching upgrade. And coaching means so much even in the NFL. But I really think last year the new coaching staff under Peterson squeezed every bit of good juice out of that defense especially. Uh, but when you look at the underlying metrics, there is a lot to be desired. And this is a middling to below average group on defense. Offensively, the Jags finished 8th in EPA per play on offense last year, which will be really hard to replicate. But the betting market right now is pricing it in at the moment that they're going to match that. It's just it's tough to envision this team doing that uh, because so much of the upside is already factored into the price that you're paying. So it's going to be more of a difficult schedule this year for them relative to last year. And the table is set for them you know, to, to take a turn back from the high that they finished on last year. So sell high on the Jags right now. All right, time to move on to three teams that I'm high on relative to the betting market heading into the 2023 season. The Dallas Cowboys, and I'm seeing 15 to 1 as the best price in the market to win the Super Bowl, and the stars may be finally aligning for the Cowboys, with the NFC being so terrible as one of those stars. Um, they're finally freed from Zeke Elliott in Dallas, which... You know, I, I think mentally for everyone, just moving forward and turning the page from that means a lot to just the entire organization. 
Dak Prescott, he's back to being fully healthy. And people forget how efficient he was two years ago uh, before his injury last year. That had him sidelined for a good part of the season. But he two years ago in 2021, he had 37 touchdowns to only 10 interceptions. And they've only added and got better as a team since then. They, uh, they added in the offseason Brandon Cooks at wide receiver to compliment C.D. Lamb, who's entering his third year. He's only 24 years old. I think he's primed for a really strong year this year in that offense. And their defense is one of the best in the league as well. So last year, weeks 2 through 16, the Cowboys only lost three times, and two of those were in overtime, and a lot of that was with their backup quarterback. People kind of forget about that right now, and they're in the NFC. They could take advantage of the Eagles having a much more difficult schedule this year. The bear case, obviously, for the Cowboys is McCarthy going back to calling plays this year, but the win total, it's just it's settled in between 10 and 10 and a half or 10.3 if you want to break it down the middle and in the weak nfc with such a strong offense and a top defense this team should be challenging for a super bowl appearance as long as there aren't any unforeseen injuries this year conversely their division rival the eagles they have a new offensive coordinator a new defensive coordinator a much harder schedule this year obviously the eagles are a top team in the nfl i'm not saying otherwise but it does create an opportunity for the cowboys and i think the market's not properly matching up these teams i think they're a lot closer uh, than the market's pricing in definitely at this stage so 15 to 1 for the cowboys to win the super bowl at caesars bet mgm if uh, if they let you bet more than three dollars on the candy books if they let you bet more than 30 cents uh, that's the prices I record this on Labor Day weekend. I think maybe the best bet might be for the Cowboys to win the NFC East. DraftKings has the best in market of the regulated books that I'm seeing at plus 195. That implies that this bet just needs to win only about 34% of the time to be profitable in the long run. So I think it's closer to a coin flip than people realize. So, of course, plus 195 to win the division is a great wager. Go bet it. And I never thought I'd say this, but go Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns, and this is a team that we were bullish on a few years ago when they brought in Stefanski and, and everything he's done for that strong offensive line, and I think he's a great coach, but this is a textbook by low spot for a team with a very talented roster, great head coach in Stefanski. I think part of why they're getting a nice by low price right now is that that offense looked a bit rusty in, in camp um, over the past couple months, but the stage is set for this offense to be top 10 this year and the upside's there for them to be right right near the top led by Watson um, who should excel in the pass game and the run game now he's had an entire off uh, off season to get ready and that now that he has a lot of his distractions behind him the offensive line in Cleveland might be the best in the entire league they're right up there in the conversation and in my work the defensive line is going to be top five as well uh, or at least right on the cusp of top five. So they replaced Clowney with uh, Zadarius Smith at the edge. They bolstered the middle of their defense, which you could argue was the weak spot. It's just going to be a rock-solid unit on both sides of the ball. But back to the offense. Watson only averaged 5.2 yards per pass play in his six starts last year, but two of those starts were complete outlier weather games, two of the worst weather games that we've seen in years. Um, so you know, stuff that like numbers you can literally throw out of, of your models and stuff that's not predictive. So look for that to improve on offense this year. They added, um, more depth to on offense. They have Elijah Moore at wide receiver, uh, to go along with Amari Cooper and, and Peoples Jones and, and, and Joku. So decent wide receiver core there. Nick Chubb, the guy at running back, he's set for a strong year there. Should get more involved in the pass game as well. 35-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl in the market as I record this on Labor Day weekend on the Browns. So buy low on Cleveland entering the season. 
the Atlanta Falcons. And I'll be honest, it was tough finding a third team here for uh, teams I'm bullish on relative to the market right now because the market is so sharpened out by this point heading into the season, you know, the week that the season starts. And also after our good friends over at uh, Raz released the Falcons win total over earlier in the summer when it was uh, it was like seven and a half was the number they got. But I'm still I'm relatively bullish on both the Falcons and the Saints this year in that terrible NFC South division. But given the nod to the Falcons here for the podcast, mainly because of the easier early schedule that they have. And that can help set the tone for a successful season. The Falcons, you know, they come out of the gate against rookie quarterback Bryce Young and the Panthers at home. That's a, a perfect first spot, followed by another winnable game. Um, a home game against the Packers. Then they travel to the Lions and the Jags the next two weeks, and those two teams I mentioned um, earlier, who I'm lower on relative to the market entering the season. But then the Falcons, they after those two road games, they come home for two home games against the Texans and the Commanders before the second half of October even hits. So their first 10 games are against a relatively easy stretch of quarterbacks, and that should be perfect for this upgraded defense. It's head coach Arthur Smith's third season, the all-important third season with the team. They've put all the parts in place to give them the best shot to succeed in the NFL's worst division. So it's really not the worst by a low spot, although I do think the market's really um, pretty close on this one. Ritter's going to be the X factor here, of course. Do I think they contend for a Super Bowl? No, not at all. But I do think that they have a good chance to get to the playoffs in a weak NFC I wouldn't be playing the regular season win total eight and a half with too much juice to the over right now, but I do think it's more likely than not that this team wins nine games this year, mainly just due to that soft schedule. In general, it's when in doubt, play the unders on regular season win totals. Sportsbooks skew a bit towards overs on those just because you know it makes sense. The public as a whole and your average better is not going on to, to fade teams. They're going to bet what they want to see. They're going to bet teams you know, to, to do well. So when in doubt, playing regular season win totals go under instead of over. All right, let's close out the pod with some random notes, some college and NFL bets, my outlook on my hometown Chicago Bears this season, and the official Doggy Juice Pod Super Bowl prediction for this season. Two outliers in terms of easiest schedules based on Vegas season win totals are the Saints and the Falcons. And yes, part of that is that they get the Bucks and the Panthers twice this year. But those are that's the reason why I was those are my last choice, you know, the Falcons slash Saints for team I'm bullish on relative to the market. Everyone's aware of this, of course, but you know, it just stands to reason that one of those teams um, is primed to to come out of the NFC South and and uh, make the playoffs and and overperform market expectations this year. In terms of hardest schedules per Warren Sharp, hardest NFL schedules in order, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Jets, Vikings. Regarding my Chicago Bears, um, they're still going to have a well below average defense. There's a lot of juggling around the offensive line this year. The season win total is um, it's between seven and a half and eight, call it like 7.7, 7.8 as I record this. And when you factor in the VIG, remember the NFL, a half win is worth about 50 cents as opposed to college football season win totals. A half a win is worth about 70 cents. So that's a good rule of thumb when you're shopping around for price. But yeah, the Bears defense, people kind of forget they only had 20 sacks, 20 sacks on defense last year, and they need to win five more games this year than last year to cash their season win total. So an improvement is obviously priced in, but will they really be able to make that big of a leap? You know, relatively easy schedule is going to help, 
but that's a tall task and certainly not one where my money's going to be. So I'm going to be rooting for the Bears this year. The optimism is pretty palpable here in Chicago, um, especially with some of the you know the new pieces that Fields has and, and hopefully taking that next year leap. But I'm kind of tempering my expectations here for my Chicago Bears. But there is the future is bright, no doubt about it, and and really looking forward to seeing how they develop this year with you know, the next couple years being a really decent window for us. But everything rides with Fields, and there's a lot of uh, reason for skepticism on him, so we'll see how Justin Fields performs this year. <laughs> Going to college really quickly, Coach Prime and Colorado were the talk of the nation this weekend. Congrats to all those who had them at 8-1, to 9-1 to on the money line to beat TCU. That was a high-variance game, so definitely uh, was a smart move to, to just get in that money line on a, on a game that obviously had a lot more variance. People didn't know what they were going to see out of Colorado. Um, and, you know, people wouldn't have been surprised if they would have lost that game by 30, 40 points against a TCU team that was in the national championship last year. But, you know, hats off to Coach Prime and what they've done. But it's going to be an interesting case study because it's really an interesting time of year making your early season power ratings adjustments. It's something I've dove into. It's a topic I've I've talked about here in previous podcasts. You can look back at, at making adjustments to your early season power ratings and whether or not to overreact, underreact. But a perfect case study here is Colorado. And they're taking on Nebraska this weekend at home. The line was one at one point late Saturday after the, the Colorado upset over TCU. But in terms of openers, Circa, who did the college football openers on Sunday, for next week, they open Colorado five and a half, but that's been bet down to three, uh, laying three points. But interestingly, last week, if these two teams played, Nebraska would have been laying more than a touchdown on a neutral field or pretty close to it. So there's already been a big upgrade um, to Colorado and Nebraska last year. I mean, it's they they sorry last week they they covered against Minnesota in a game. I, I had them as seven and a half point dogs. They should have actually won that game. And Coach Matt Rule, the really improved Nebraska team. But they're coming off a slog in that game. They have more travel. Nonetheless, it's going to be Nebraska or pass for me on that line. But just understand, if you're betting on, on Colorado, everyone and their uncles betting on Colorado right now. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see the handle in that game, especially relative to NFL games in week one as well. I would not be surprised if Colorado saw like NFL type of money just from casual bettors this week who want to back Coach Prime. So keep that in mind. You're paying the bargain on Colorado, and the wide range of outcomes I still think is there with them. My alma mater, the Iowa Hawkeyes, they take on Iowa State on the road this weekend. It's always that Cy Hawk game is always a really interesting one. It's been tough for me the past few years just because I'm so sick of Kirk Ferentz as an Iowa fan and bearish on, obviously, that coaching staff. But... um, on the flip side, Iowa State, Matt Campbell, I've been seeing his praises on here for a few years, and, and he gets the best out of his team, too. This line opened Iowa, laying three on the road, but the line has ticked up to four now as I record this. The points, they're going to be hard to come by in Ames. The total was as low as 33.5 for this one. Now it's sitting at 36.5 as I record this. So I'm eyeballing taking the four with the Cyclones here. If I get plus four and a half, I'm definitely going to be firing on that uh, just because points are going to be tough to, to come by, and I do trust Matt Campbell to prepare for this one. Although I'm excited to see the, how the Hawkeyes do with, with McNamara under center for them. One college game that I also like that is readily available as I record this is Appalachian State at plus 17.5 or better, we'll call it, against UNC this weekend. I'm seeing some 18s right now as I record this, but call it App State plus 17.5 or better. Uh, this weekend. All right, back to the NFL. Remember that these week one NFL lines have been up for months. 
So it's just something to keep in mind if you're looking to bet these games in particular. And if you're looking to bet the NFL sides and totals on a game day or right before kickoff, you're fighting a losing battle. And I can assure you of that, especially in the long run. Um, no one out there could beat the NFL betting right before kickoff in the long run. Yes, you can have a winning week, winning month, even a winning year. But um, in the long run, I could tell you that it's, it's a fool's error to think that you could beat the NFL betting right before kickoff. That's not to say you shouldn't have fun with it and bet some pizza money, put some you know, pizza money down and, and enjoy the games and stuff. I'm not saying that, but certainly don't expect to win in the long run making bets like that. I'll book anyone in the world uh, long term right before kickoff in the NFL. However, the exception, as there are always exceptions, the exception here would be teasers in the NFL, where you can take advantage of these efficient markets, the most efficient betting market out there, in in America at least. Um, You could use that information, you can use the math to your edge, and that's where we go on teasers here. And we're going to give out our first Doggy Juice teaser of the week here on the podcast in a second. But just a reminder for all who are not aware, a, a two-team six-point NFL teaser that crosses through the key numbers of three and seven, also known as a Stanford Wong teaser, can bring a math edge in the NFL, just given the lack of variance in the league. Um, but it's important to keep in mind, the most important thing is the price you're paying, because a lot of books out there have combated this um, because it's no secret, a lot of people are aware of it, but a lot of books have has, have uh, combated this by, of course, raising the pricing on their teasers. So if you're betting anything over minus 120 on a two-team six-point teaser, uh, it's just it's not a good bet. Anything lower than minus 120, now we're talking. If you can, and there's some books out there in faraway places that still take minus 110 on these types of teasers. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. And this week, there are some candidates for our teasers. Uh, the most obvious one and the biggest survivor pick for this whole week is going to be the Washington Commanders. It is important to keep in mind that a, a betting group, Raz, did move the Commanders lineup. But I am seeing uh, some juice painted on the sevens as I'm recording this. Uh, and wouldn't be surprised if this line closed seven and a half on the Commanders. So I think they're a pretty decent pick just to you know, essentially just asking them to win the game outright. Um, I did like the Packers, but unfortunately that line has come down. There's been money on the Packers, and it's sitting at plus one as I record this uh, on Labor Day weekend. You could have had you know, over, you could have had one and a half, two and a half, two uh, for quite a while here. But I'm not going to give out a play that's not readily available. If it does tick back up, they'd be a great choice because that total's low in the low 40s in Chicago. Points are harder to come by, and that's you know that reduces the variance on your teasers. You want to be able to do it with lower totals. Um, so yeah, I won't I won't include the Packers on this one, but I I do like the Commanders and I do like the the Browns as a teaser option. Although if you can get plus three on them, that's still a possibility. Um, I'd wait around to see if you can get that. The Browns are there. The Steelers, same thing, can tick up to plus three, but they're in a low total of forty one against the Niners. They're a good candidate as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. So. Obviously, the Jets, uh, Monday Night Football, I guess they they qualify as well against the Bills, but more on that in a second. Let's call our first teaser, though, um, Doggy Juice Pod Teaser of the Week. We'll call it the Commanders down to from minus 7 to minus 1, and we'll pair them with the Browns from plus 2.5 up to plus 8.5 against the Bengals. And people like picks, so some other plays that I'm eyeballing. I do like the Cowboys, um, aforementioned Cowboys. Obviously bullish on them for the season, so it stands to reason I'd be bullish on them week one. But you got to get the three, laying the three against the Giants. Definitely don't be laying three and a half. And the market is consensus leaning towards three and a half as I record this, but there are some minus threes out there if you could find it. So call Cowboys good at minus three, at minus 115 or better. I like the Bills laying two and a half 
or better, at the Jets in Week One. Obviously, fading the Jets early season. Uh, to my, you know, I dissected the Jets earlier in the podcast, so makes makes sense. And obviously, I think the Bills. Uh, I think they can go in there and and expect them to win that game outright against the Jets in Week One. And that's why I'm not going to be using the Jets on the teaser uh, in Week One either. So I do like the Bills lane minus two and a half or better against the Jets. The Steelers at plus three or better, I think is worth a play against the Niners. I'm not sure if it's going to get there though, but pay attention to that would need plus three or better at at minus 110 in order to get into play there. And finally, a total I like. I like the under in Cincinnati, Cleveland in that game. It's 47 and a half is the consensus as I record this. So call 47 and a half or better for something smaller. 48, increase the position at 49 is where I would really uh, be looking to to make a, a full position play. The Browns offense is a bit rusty, taking some time in the offseason. Bengals, I think they're going to want to protect Burrow a bit more coming off the offseason injury. Uh, it's going to be an interdivision, obviously state rivalry, uh, something that you know keeps keeps these games a little bit tighter, I think, especially in week one where we might see some rust. So under in Cincinnati versus Cleveland at 47 and a half or better. And finally, I'm going to close out the pod here with the official Doggy Juice Pod Super Bowl prediction for this NFL season. We're going to go with the Cowboys versus the Bills in the Super Bowl. So if you want to bet that exact, uh, search around for that one. And I'm going to say the Bills win it all. It's going to be a tight battle, but the Bills, uh, 9-1 to in the market. It's not the worst price right now in terms of the shorter shots. It's definitely the way I would go. Um, Bills to win the Super Bowl, 9-1. to So Bills beat the Cowboys in Super Bowl 58 per Doggy Juice Pod. Go, DJ! All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening to this, then please rate the pod on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Giving a quick rating takes like 5, 10 seconds and really helps get the pod out to more people who could benefit from it, especially those who are interested in learning more about the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization or just how to become a, a better, sharper sports better during these incredibly exciting times in the industry. Anything you could do to help spread the word, spread the love is very much appreciated. And thanks to all of you again for, for just being with me the past five years. It's been such a fun ride. I love doing this. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. I have no expectations or no, uh, you know, no goals to try and grow it at a certain level. I just love doing what I'm doing and, and always will want to hear feedback and, and uh, what you all think too, so I can make it a better experience for all of you. I'm going to look to get uh, weekly cadence going on here again. The only thing I'll say that can get in the way of that is Mrs. Doggy Juice is due to give birth to our first child or baby boy in less than three weeks. And he can come at any time now. But otherwise, consider the Doggy Juice Pod back for your weekly football prep processes. All right, everyone. Enjoy the start of a brand new NFL season. Good luck on your action. I'll talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice out. (laughs) 